0: And welcome to episode 215 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now this today is the second in a four-part series to celebrate the 2000 Trees Music Festival. Hopefully you've listened to the first part which only came out yesterday. That featured interviews with the incredible Can't Swim, Foxjaw and Stick to Your Guns. So this time round, I'm bringing you free brand new interviews with three completely different bands. So on today's episode I'm joined by Superlove, Orchards and then finally Holding Absence. This is a whole range of different interviews and these bands are all absolutely fantastic. Some of the best British bands out there right now for me and I can't wait to share these interviews with you. As I said on the first episode, this was my first experience of 2000 Trees Festival and I absolutely loved it. The atmosphere was absolutely incredible, the sun was shining the whole time I was there and I believe it all shows on these interviews. They're so positive, everyone's so full of energy and I just can't wait to share them. So I think the best thing to do is to get to the first one right away. So here's me and Jacob and John from Bristol-based Superlove talking all things music. here with super love hello how are you both not too bad how are you i'm really good and the sun has just come out as we're sat here at two thousand trees and do you know what it's perfect time as you sat down the sun came out it's lovely isn't it i don't know how that happened i, we- days,
1: I think isn't it yeah we didn't we didn't plan that i think that's your uh, ray of sunshine
0: oh wow wow wow. what i usually do guys is i want to get an idea of basically the music that got you into the bands that you love now and the band that you are now. Tell me about the first album that you remember buying that made you basically fall in love with maybe seeing bands live or wanting just to be in a band. That nice. first one that you were like, this is incredible. I need this in my life. I think, well, I'm, I don't think I'm sure mm-hmm. it was Green
2: Day, American Idiot. Um, I mean, that, that's the first album I remember going to the shops and, and buying with hard cash. Pocket, pocket
0: money saved up. You can yeah, kind of get home, listen to every track, take out the inlay, smell it, I read know. the lyrics.
2: Yeah, I smelt it. I bathed with it. You have and, to. Yeah. Um, it's about
0: twelve ninety nine. It's a lot of money. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, that was, you know, paper arm back in the day. Had to save yeah, up the I old pennies. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, were you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, that was mine. That was mine, uh, Green Day American Idiot. And I remember listening to
1: that just on repeat, going, cool, I'm going to play guitar now. Yeah. And uh, yeah. What was yours, dude? Mine was. Well, It would have been uh, one of the Slipknot ones, the early ones, because my dad got me into them. Yeah, I think it was the one, the song that got me into it more so was "Wait and Bleed" by. Man, that Slipknot. is a fucking huge tune. Because I think I, I must have been like seven or something, and I was That's just about really young to kind of yeah, it is like that sort of music. And my dad was like, "Oh, you might like this." My world was changed. <laughs> I picked up a guitar instantly. I just knew what I was doing. That's incredible. <laughs> It's
0: weird, like, I've had Foxture on today and we just talked about bands that influenced us and we were talking literally Green Day straight away and I don't realise how many people get influenced by them. My first proper CD was Dookie and I absolutely worshipped it and I listened to Longview and Basket Case and when I come around and I thought, how do free people make this much noise? Mm. I think it was like... Um, Said about
2: Foxjaw, like we're the same age as them, they're yeah. good, good mates of ours, and I think it's like our age group uh, that are into like rock and like alternative music now, just the, like that album for them and Green Day was just massive, because that was like popular music at the time, wasn't it? Like punk rock and stuff, like Blink as well, so it's just mental to think about now with all this like, you know, like the pop scene and everything, they were the forefront, weren't they? So yeah class band. What Love about em.
0: gigs? Because that's obviously the moment that you experience these songs, not just on a CD, but in front of you. You can get that whole vibe of being at a gig. People all there to do the same thing. What was that first gig you remember going to? Do
1: you know what? My first gig was Slipknot again. Okay, he's just I trying know, to be cool. So Mine was Cooler Shaker. It's no, not cool it was, at all. Yours is uh, unreal. It was my my dad was like, oh, should we go see him? This is in 2008. And I'd just been playing at that point for a while. You know, for a while. But that was the one that got me into it again fully.
0: I can't believe that. I I don't know how at your young age you go and see Slipknot and then what the hell do you go and see after that that is anywhere near it?
1: Level it out with a bit of take that on the way home. Wow,
0: <laughs> <laughs> back for good on the way home with a bit of dad in the car. Lovely. What was yours? It,
1: my like, can't uh, be uh, as good as
0: Slipknot. No, it's nowhere
2: near. No, it's nowhere near. Take that my, no, yeah, <laughs> I think it might have been actually. Um, no, my my first uh, like experience of going to like a gig or at like, festival was Glastonbury for the day. My mum took me and my brothers there for the day after a uh, scout camp we went to or something like that, and I saw uh, Tom Jones on the pyramid stage. See, this is not cool now. And uh, I
0: was. No I um, knew I wanted to be in a band from that moment.
2: <laughs> yeah, I saw Tom and I thought, you know what, that's, I want a bit of that. That's it. Um but yeah, no, my first that was my first experience of but like bands, my first band I went to see was uh all time low. So Oh nice and then um I bit, was obsessed
0: with them for a few years. But yeah, yeah. And how does it feel to be here today after two years of cancelling this festival, thinking, shit, is this ever going to happen? Is it unbelievable? Does it feel now you've been let off this leash where for two years, you guys couldn't be doing shows and doing what you want to do all day, every day? Well, I think we had this show, booked in, like literally when it was announced
2: in 2019, I think we were supposed to play or 2020, I can't remember now. But so it's been like a few years of us like, it's just been there in the distance of us like looking forward to so. yeah, I mean, it's pretty mental now we're actually here. Like, I've been for the day once, seen a few bands, and you've been before, haven't you? Yeah, I was there uh, in
0: 2019
1: for, for the day,
0: I think. Yeah, so um, I, to actually be here playing is, now it, finally, it's really cool. Do you look Can't at wait. that poster and see bands like Thrice, who are just unbelievable, Jimmy World, are you literally sitting there thinking, this rules, this is framed going on my wall at home. This is an achievement and the, like a, a milestone for the band. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll put a little highlighter where our
2: name is because yeah. you might miss it. Yeah, right down at the bottom, there a we go. A magnifying glass, like, yeah, sellotates yeah, yeah.
0: over the poster just at that one bit.
2: Someone comes out like, why is? Why have you got a magnifying glass hanging up like that? Go, well,
0: well, well, look a bit closer. You'll see. Um, but yeah. Yeah. How, how's, how's the nerves before a show like this? Do you think to yourself, my God, is anyone going to turn up or is it going to be rammed? You've, oh,
1: you know. God, yeah. I'm always worried that no one's going to be there. It usually works out all right, to be fair. My nerves don't kick in until the band before on their like second to last song normally. Yeah. But I'm all right at the moment. But yeah, it's waiting around for the band before. I just Yeah, I, I just normally just like
2: very anxious about getting here. Yeah. As soon as we're here and settled, I'm like, thank God.
0: So, uh Yeah. Is there any other bands that are on the build today that have really influenced you over the years that you're like, I need to see that set, I'm going to do whatever I can this weekend to see them? I'd say there's a, um, a band called Press Tomeco, who we absolutely love, their newest
2: album. Um, and they're playing tomorrow, I believe. They're playing tomorrow or, or Saturday. And um, yeah, their latest album is absolutely unbelievable. So um, we're excited to see them. Um, but like bands like Yumi at 6, I mean, I've been like obsessed with them since I was like flipping 13 or something like that. So, uh, yeah, very excited for them as well.
1: I think for me, uh, Higher Power. Yeah. Good shout. Only recently I've like, only f- recently found them, but they've kind of like made a bit of a impact on, I guess, how I write things in a little way. So. That's good. Nice. I haven't heard these two bands live.
0: So it's like, right. I'll add them to my list. I'll go and check them out. And then I'd probably fall in love with this brand new band and they become my favorite band, which is awesome. And that's what happens here is like someone sees the name and I
2: think I know them-ish. And then they'll just pop round and maybe uh, really enjoy it. So, yeah.
0: One thing I do on this podcast, and it's going to be difficult because there's two of you and you're going to have to agree. But what I do is every artist that's been on, all these different guests, they get to choose the outro piece of music after we've been interviewed today. So it's Think not minute. one of your own songs, because that would be really arrogant and mm-hmm. really big headed. What you need yes. to do is pick a song by a band that you both love. And if it's something different, we could do a live, you know, coin toss or rock, paper, scissors. Nice. But what's the song that you both would pick as the wow. final one? Should we on the
2: count of three? We should we say the title? And we got this wrong. Should we say the th- podcast doing this? Because if they are. No, we, we
1: did it where. We both said a, an answer at the same time, but we both said two separate answers. We got oh. it wrong, oh, didn't, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we say the song title? Ready? After three. One, one two,
2: two, three. three. Bleed. Bleed. Oh. By Ms. Sugar. Yeah. Oh, my That's God. That's M E S.
1: Uh, you, know, you know the drill.
2: That new album is oh. phenomenal. We went and saw them
1: uh, a couple of weeks ago in Bristol. Yeah. Uh, Mind blowing. You Do you know what? When you asked me about the gig thing, I was going to say, because I watched Ms. Sugar literally like, last month, and I was actually going to say that was probably the best one I've ever been to. But you didn't know, did you? I didn't say that. No. no, no. Anyway, sorry. What? What? <laughs> what? What? what, what <laughs> he's just throwing you right under <laughs> the bus there. Uh, yeah, why did you bit. say it? Well, I'm I saying
3: it. it now.
0: <laughs> that band are on another level that I've seen. Uh, I went to see Tool this year, and I think they are probably the most Tool perfected ones. band, and that's why they took ten years to release an album. But Meshuggah are just unbelievable. That album, everyone should be talking about it.
1: And for some reason, it's not quite as high on the lists that I want. Ev- I want everyone to hit listen to it now. Well, it's a weird one with them. They're like my favorite band going. And I know what you mean. That album, the new one, is unreal. But as everyone they've released for about two weeks, i am like, oh, it's not that good. But then as time goes on, I'm like, oh, fucking hell. This is actually yeah. unreal. And it gets to that point now. All though,
0: those layers that start yeah, to come out. You
1: do. The more you listen to it, the more you notice. You think, do you know what? Actually, this is amazing. Because at first I was like, oh, this is a bit yeah, a bit boring, really. But
0: And then it's something just changes. Yeah. And that's it. Then, be- then you're like living it, breathing it. And you can't mm. do anything but have those songs just kind of digesting in your head it's unreal yeah. boys i wish you all the luck it's thank been a pleasure much. to have you on the podcast it's been a pleasure as all ours. thanks for having us and we'll do this again at another festival or one of your own shows and yeah. we'll have a longer chat and we'll talk all about the influences and all that again but thank you for today enjoy your weekend and stay safe thank
1: you very much yeah, thank, thank you. you mate cheers
0: So there we have it. That was the first interview out of three interviews on this 2000 Trees podcast special. That was me and Jacob and John from the amazing Super Love. And what I've noticed since I've returned from 2000 Trees, there's a lot of buzz online. I've seen so many tweets and Facebook comments from people that have discovered Super Love this weekend for the first time and they're getting so much love, so much hype and it's great because they really are fantastic guys and an incredible band. Next up on today's special, we have the amazing Dan, Lucy and Sam from Brighton-based band Orchards. I've seen this band before and you'll hear it on the interview how I tell them about the first time I discovered them. They really are one of the most tight, professional and live bands I've seen. I absolutely love the guitar tones from Sam. Lucy's vocals are just absolutely amazing and they're just unbelievable. If you haven't checked them out, please do. But before then, let's check out the interview. So here's me and Dan, Lucy and Sam from Orchards talking all things 2000 Trees. welcome to the Mark and Me podcast. How are you all doing today?
3: We're doing very well. We've just arrived.
4: We're doing good, thank you.
0: Yeah, it's nice that the weather's changed since we got here. You've brought the sun, I think. We always do.
3: We always see to
0: I saw you the very first time at the Sound House in Leicester. It was about three, maybe four years ago. And I actually put you guys as my... Band of the Week on Skip to the End podcast. You may remember the name. You may have done I some th- research. I do have vague memories. And time basically, it was at the, is it Homemade Festival or something like that? It's Handmade Festival. Handmade. Yeah. yeah. And you guys just took to the stage. It was a small little room and you fucking owned it. And the tightness of your guitar with the bass, the vocals, everything was phenomenal. Thank you. Genuinely, was one of the best performances I saw. And it's a pleasure to have you here today. Tell me, each of you, how it all started. So let's go right back to the early days. What was that first CD or tape that you bought that you remember falling in love with that made you think, I'm gonna be in a band one day?
3: For me, it was. I remember buying my first CD on my own. First time I was allowed to town on my own and I bought uh, Fight Star, their first album. This I is remember, when you show the age. I'm I remember an old man, pl- you got fight stuff. Fight star. I remember playing it on my mom's stereo really loud and she was so disappointed in me and I was like, Yeah, this is so cool. <laughs> this is the heavy side of busted.
4: Um I d- the first one, so my dad Oh thank you, Daniel. Um my dad's a like absolutely loves music. He's not got a musical bone in his body, but he loves music. Um so for me, the first CD I got by myself was the Wombat's first album.
0: That's a great album.
4: Great album. I really fancied this boy who lived across the street from me. And I asked him to show me some music that he liked. And that was one of the CDs he gave me. And I was like genuinely hooked. Hooked. I wrote a musical to that album. Because I was an absolute nerd. And it was just my favorite thing in the world.
0: Have you still got that musical somewhere? My
4: dad reformatted the laptop. I lost every word of it. I mean, these things happen, you know? Maybe one day I'll try and write it again. Who
0: knows? Can you top this with your choice? You've got the Wombat and Fightstar.
5: Mine's a little bit, I guess, convoluted, but it was like, my dad used to play loads of music in the car, so it was the first memory I have of being like, this is sick, was Blood Sugar Sex Magic by the Red Hot Chili Peppers.
0: That album is a masterpiece. Yeah,
5: but then I reckon I can trace like my musical taste back to one club night in Liverpool <laughs> in Barfly called Mixed Bag, and they basically played like 2000s indie so you've got Vampire Weekend, you've got the Maccabees, obviously the Wombats, Klaxons, Late of the Pier. And um, yeah, that was that was me. So I got an acoustic guitar after hearing Blood Sugar Sex Magic. And then I was like, why doesn't the acoustic sound like that? And then I realized <laughs> I need an electric guitar. And here we are.
0: You need Rick Rubin. You need <laughs> well, yeah, incredible yeah, yeah. place. Not. <laughs> Do we try and play like I could have lied that nice little acoustic guitar lick? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Amazing. And what was those first live shows you went to? Because music for me changed. I went to see Green Day on their Dookie tour. This is why I'm an old man. And when I saw Billy Joe on stage, I realized music wasn't just the CD. I realized that it could make your ribcage shake. It could make you have those hairs on your neck stick up. Can you remember that first gig you went to and admit it if it wasn't a cool band that you were like, wow, this is, this is what
3: I want to do. I mean, for me, they're the coolest band in the world. And it was, I saw Biffy Claro play on their puzzle tour. Biffy um, Clyro are literally the, the, best the band greatest the
0: British band that yeah. we have since the Beatles and people do not give them enough respect. They headline download, Simon Neal is the best songwriter in the country right now. Absolutely. C- cannot say a better
3: word to that statement.
4: Um, so this is not embarrassing. I don't find this embarrassing, but some people judge me on it. The first uh, so the first gig I went to was S Club 7 because I'm a 90s kid.
0: Was it when there was still a seven piece or they Chirps. started to lose people at that point? It was the last
1: show. It was oh, the last <laughs> <ever> <laughs>
4: show. I feel very lucky that I went. However, the first gig I ever saw where I was like, this is music and this is what I want to do was Jessie J's first tour. It was the heartbeat tour. And she had the most amazing outfit on this like purple wig. It was really cool. Um, and I cried for an hour and a half.
0: I excuse my ignorance, but is she still going? A
4: hundred percent. That's good. She's releasing new music and she's getting better than she ever has been. She's just been on a um, Chinese like song contest and she won. Wow. She's. She's got one of the best voices I've ever heard. Like
0: absolutely huge everywhere. Mm-hmm. Number one albums then just went just I uh, just disappeared.
4: Yeah. It was her management I think but um and her health. I listened to a podcast the other day but I watched her do the heartbeat tour. I was like 14 maybe 16 and it was spectacular.
0: Come on dude. Let's this has got the the, the bars here.
5: First gig was with me parents and it was UB40. So <laughs> take that as you take it. But um got to say it was it was that moment that I realised that I needed an electric guitar. Was watching the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> in the MEN Arena in Manchester. Oh my god! And I was just like, "What?" I think it was it Stadium Arcadium tour? I can't remember. And I was just like, "Okay, well,
0: that's what I want to do." Was and that was that John Vashante at that point? Yeah, he's yeah. like yeah. him
5: and Mike Einziger from Incubus are like the two people I guess form how I play guitar. To be honest,
0: I had Brandon Boyd on recently, oh. and Incubus. My God, they are, they are my sti- favourite band. Right? Yeah, he is. As nice as you expect him to be, he gave me an hour and a half, and he was just the most chilled, beautiful man I've ever seen. That, that, yeah.
5: that's amazing. Like my friend is an editor for um, Guitar World, and he liked to gloat to me the other day that he had an hour-long interview with John Frusciante. <sighs> yeah, so oh uh, I'm very jealous. Go. Levels.
0: <laughs> so guys, obviously the last two years have been a bit batshit crazy, and we are now finally sat here. The sun is out, and we are. Genuinely here. It doesn't feel like it was going to happen. I kept thinking it was going to be cancelled again and delays. How does it feel for you guys to now be doing what you absolutely get up every day to do and want to live, breathe? It does it feel like you've been like let out of prison? Does it feel like you've got this new lease yeah. of life? Prison,
3: prison is the right word. Yeah. Yeah. Prison. Yeah. Yeah. We got out and we've been playing shows, and now this is our first kind of proper field festival of the year. Didn't you have a um, warm-up yesterday? Was it? Y- we did. We played yes. in... Uh, not. Uh, was it yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday we played in... Um, <laughs> it's bad when you don't know if it's yesterday. It's yesterday we played in London in the Victoria. We How played was with that? the Brilliant. Amazing, actually. Went really well. Played with the Winter Passing. Yeah. Who were on uh, BSM as well. And um, yeah, it was great. So it was fun doing that. We played a few shows before, but we kind of took the whole of June off. We didn't play any shows over June, so we thought we'd kind of like um, jump in and, and do a bit of a warm-up before we play our favourite festival.
0: And are you nervous right now being at a festival like this? Do you feel like you're kind of away for two years? Do you kind of like, you know when you had the summer holidays at school and you got back and you're like, I've forgotten how to write. Oh my God,
4: no. (laughs) I mean, I'd say it's like riding a bike, but I can't ride a bike. So (laughs) I won't use that analogy. but I feel honestly, it's going to sound really cheesy. Cue like violin music, um, but it feels like home. I feel like I'm at home again. Yeah. Like I've been waiting two and a half years to be at this festival. From the second we finished it in 2019, I was like buzzing to be back again the next year. And obviously that never happened. And we released our debut album a week before the first lockdown. So all of these album songs that we've been working on this album our whole lives effectively to release this music. And we've still not played it live to a Trees audience and we wrote it for a Trees audience. So it feels really weird, but it feels like absolutely home, like normal.
0: Any nerves for you or you just like, give me the guitar, I want to go on stage. I feel like I've got out of prison, like we said, and I just want to fucking play. Nah,
5: just to echo them, to be honest, it was just like, we've written a whole new EP since our debut album now. And we wrote it with like a Trees full tent in mind. So it's literally just cannot wait to get on the stage tomorrow.
0: That's amazing. What I do on this podcast, and normally it's a one-on-one and I've had two-on-one, but you're the first three-on-one today. So it's going to be quite difficult. (coughs) The outro piece of music to today's interview with us three is literally chosen by the guest. Okay. So is there a song that means a lot to you guys by anyone in the world? Maybe we all choose something and then we'll toss a coin or you can just arm wrestle or whatever you want to do.
4: So... For the tour we've just played, uh, we had a walk-on song, and we decided this walk-on song in 2019 and then had to wait in order to do the tour. And our walk-on song is uh, Junior Senior.
0: Uh, Don't Move your feet. Yeah. I've not heard that feet. for years. And it's our
4: walk-on song because it genuinely brings us so much joy. And we're, hopefully, if we're allowed, playing it before we play. So I feel like that's a bit poetic. Like, it'll probably be one of the last times we do it this year. And uh, we've been building up. Years
0: for this. Are you so both it's also that this? song
3: that we, every time we play it, we walk on stage. You see people being like, "Oh yeah,
0: fuck, I remember this song." <laughs> and the thing is, you can't not like that song. If you do, I think you're dead inside.
3: Do you exactly.
0: Yeah, 100. Yeah, percent Yeah, it's like,
5: yeah,
3: defo, That's Brings it. Brings the vibes. Brings when, the vibes. Tour, when you've been on tour for ten days and you're a bit tired, that, that that's br- the ra- raises the mood for you to get on stage.
5: Gets people out the smoking area. Gets them in. Gets them going, and then we can start.
0: Everyone's like, oh, Junior C's here! But Let's go on and let's go and
5: check this band <laughs> out.
0: And the next thing, oh, it's not them, but we'll yeah. stick around. We'll stick around, yeah. I love it. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. It's an absolute pleasure. And let's just have yeah. an incredible weekend.
5: Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: So there's my interview with the amazing Orchards. Such great people, the sun was shining, we had some beers and it was just amazing. I've been a huge fan of theirs for a good couple of years and it's so good to see them doing so well. Their EP is out now and you need to go and check it out. It's absolutely brilliant. I'm really excited to see where they go next because for me they're one of the most exciting British bands out there right now and they're just lovely people which is also good. Next up, and the final interview on today's special, is the amazing Cardiff-based Holding Absence. For me, one of the best bands out there right now. I think they're going to be absolutely huge. A band that I can see headlining the smaller stages at somewhere like Download in the next couple of years. The buzz that this band is creating is on another level, and Lucas, for me, has one of the best vocals out there. I was lucky enough to see this band supporting Funeral for a Friend earlier this year and they honestly blew everyone away off stage. They were so good and from that moment I've been obsessed. Their album is absolutely fantastic and for me, Lucas doesn't even have any idea just how good they are which is really amazing when you're talking to someone like this. So what I'm going to do now is to get straight to it. So here's me and Lucas talking all things 2000 Trees. Lucas, thank you for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Thanks for having me, yeah. What I want to do today is for anyone that's tuning in and might discover your band for the first time, uh, talk to me about when you were growing up. What was that first album that you bought that you remember made you fall in love with bands and just basically maybe shape the music that you're listening to today? Great question, man.
6: Like, I love talking music, and I think a lot of musicians don't talk about music enough. I know it sounds stupid, but, um, but yeah. So I think, like, my first album album... I bought my mum, when I was eight years of age, I bought my mum songs about Jane by Maroon 5. Amazing. And then I ended up listening to it so much as Scratched, and there was a bad present on her end, but a good one on mine. But I think the main one that kind of kicked me down this trajectory was Green Day, American Idiot. Wow. You know, I just remember, like, putting Kerrang! on and the big green explosion of paint, and then, like... I think for me, though, it was, like, Wake Me Up When September Ends as well, being on there and having that
0: kind of duality of, like... Chaotic and still quite melodic, you know.
6: That's the word melodic. So, I
0: think I I'm a bit older, I'm showing sure my age, but I was for Fadookie, that was my mm, first one mm. of my first albums. And when I heard When I Classic. Come Around, She, just the minimalistic of the guitar tones, yeah. one guy playing guitar, one yeah. bassist and one drum. I thought, how the fuck are they sounding so big with three I, of them? And I
6: always think I listen back to Longview, and like you said, it's just three people with three instruments, but it sounds so full, you know? It is, and I think uh, yeah, and I mean obviously by the time ten years later American Idiot came out it was like proper bells and whistles everywhere, you know But uh, but yeah, you're right man, but I think for me anyway And then getting into you know buying international super hits or whatever that greatest hits album they released was like I did a cover of uh, basket case at my year seven talent show and amazing like, Yeah, and I just like I think for me that was a really good place to start because it valued music but it also introduced a little bit of chaos and energy that a kid of my age had never really experienced before.
0: So So what about live music? I mean, you can listen to those albums, Fall In Love With Green Day, but it's when you go to that first gig and those little hairs on your neck stick up, your rib cage shakes from the bass, can you remember that first proper gig you went to when you're like, okay, this is what I want to fucking do forever?
6: Yeah, that's a great question because I think, um, I, growing up, my parents are really, really big on music, so they would take me to shows every now and then. And obviously it was like, I, I went to see Busted in 2003 and I was eight years of age and like, that was the first time I ever saw like a band. And I remember, you know, they looked so small, but it felt so big, you know, it was like such a, an overwhelming thing at the time. But I think... Uh, Seeing bands like Paramore, My Chemical Romance, like, that kind of thing. And then I I will say as well, I went to Sonisphere Festival in 2011, and that was Metallica, Biffy, and Slipknot. Wow. And for me, you know, on my 18th birthday, I got a Biffy tattoo, and, like, Slipknot and Metallica, I think, like, that was when I really was, like, I'm in now, you know? Like, you know, you'd go to shows because it was cool or whatever, but even as a kid, it's like, shows are expensive, and I think finding a small, cheap scene is hard when you're, like, Thirteen or fourteen, you know, or maybe maybe it's not, but I don't know. The first festival, though, that was the moment where I was like, I'm I'm strapped in for this for good now, you know. Simon so. Neil as well.
0: If you ever yeah. want to set yourself on a British songwriter, there is no oh, one better. I think, yeah. And it's massive words, and people have criticised me, but I think it's like a modern day Kurt Cobain. I honestly yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
6: dude, when you listen to like, especially when you listen to Convex Concave off the first record, unbelievable. So much. Black and Sky is yeah. like
0: an early Nirvana EP. Yeah, yeah,
6: and like. It's funny because, you know, I, I, like, I watched interviews where they said they loved Nirvana growing up and stuff. But, like, you know, I don't think you would get it unless you listen to Black and Sky. But I think, once again, that's a compliment to Biffy because to not be able to hear their inf- inspirations and influences by the time Vertigo of Bliss comes out or Infinity Land come out, it's like they've obviously evolved way beyond their initial inspirations. And, and But like you said, man, like... I, I, I get, I get you, and I do agree to an extent. Like, uh, uh, how like just artistic and yeah. unique I think Simon Neal is, you know. And he
0: keeps on doing it. Every album, yeah. they're doing something different. They introduce a choir, then they introduce strings. Yeah. By the time *Infinity Land* came about, and you're hearing like now *The Action's on Fire* that ending. Yeah, of those dude. Or *No Ch- Such Matters Crash* Ch- Ch- and all these my crazy. My God. No such matters. Yeah. Jaggedy Snake. All yeah. that. Like it's mind blowing how this band are just continually doing it. And now they can do it on a scale where they can headline download. Yeah. They could headline, headline any festival in the country because they can just adapt. And they've yeah. got melody, they've got acoustic songs, it's unbelievable. And for somebody who,
6: as you do, like I've learned this, you do just fall off interest when you grow up i think you know yeah. and for me it was like only revolutions was the first one and um opposites was uh, insane record but then ellipsis i fell off a little bit and then the new record um i, and I can't remember the name of it annoyingly it's a really long title yes yeah. it is but i just remember when the first song come on i was like they still got it you know they what i mean that. like and and i fell in love with the album because it made me realize I don't think Biffy was the problem when I when I kind of went off them. I think it was just me,
0: you know. Yeah. What I mean? Like
6: they've been so consistent. But the so. fact you
0: can dip out and then go Do and you come know what, ba- I'll come back in. Yeah, I'd and still love still it. They've still got the elements. They got the breakdowns. Those time signatures. Those yeah. mad little breakdowns. You are just like I, w- I would listen to them forever. Yeah, and you could because yeah. there's
6: enough. Variation
0: to not get bored as well, you know. I think that's a yeah. Now, let's talk about holding absence. Obviously, that's your band. Uh, (laughs) We could talk about Biffy Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was lucky enough to see you guys supporting Funeral for a Friend. Uh, Thank you. It was the tail end of last year in Birmingham. Yes. Maybe this year. I think it was was February this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not just saying this, and I was literally just talking to Sean from the Blackout before you got here. Um, Your vocal performance on that night. There was something that I was like, you know, when you go and see a band, you're like, should I get there for the support band or not? Mm. You genuinely stopped me in my steps. And I was like, this is fucking incredible. Who is Thank this you. band? I really, <laughs> truly mean this. Thanks, man. And I was just absolutely blown away. And the momentum that your band has got at the moment, everybody is now saying, have you heard them? And I'm like, yeah, I did actually. They supported Funeral. And then, oh, and they did this slot. And then you seem to be on this I'm not sure if you're aware because you're mm-hmm. in the band but yeah. you're going like this at the moment and it feels Thank like there's man. this real passion and drive how does it feel or are you not aware are you too are you enjoying it too much to notice I
6: think you know it's it's one of those things where like when you spend so much time pre-meditating and dreaming about something that when it happens it's like as surprising as it isn't you know I know that sounds really stupid but it's like for me the dream is and the goal has been to be busy you know yeah. and then like like you said so, you know since since that all we've done america australia europe download uh, we did like the slam dunk kind of shows with you know and we've done so much stuff and it's like it's only when i like step back and like kind of look at it from afar that i realize you know like oh my god <laughs> what the hell's happening, you know so so i'm i'm but the main thing that i, I always just think is really important is like I'm so grateful for it, you know, yeah. especially after the last two years of, you know, not having anything in my life and, and kind of looking at photos of myself on stage and feeling like it was a different person, you know. And now it's like, it's kind of happening. It's really magical and, and I think for me now, I think the goal is just to to, to keep keep kind of doing myself proud and, yeah. and keep proving people who believe in us right, you know, and, and making sure we don't slip up or let them down in any way. I think being a British musician, you know, everyone in the scene looks at every band and, and kind of wants them to do well and but I think, you know, there's so many bands. I think when someone buys a ticket to your show, is it is a real compliment because there's so many shows going on. There's so many bands. And everyone's skinned and yes, time yeah, time yeah.
0: goes faster. Every year I get older, time just seems to keep going. Yeah, and yeah, never For stopped. them to commit those two hours to you. It might not sound a lot, but they're giving up their night. They're uh, dude, going I know, Do you know what? I want to give this to this band. Yeah, and
6: for me, I know it sounds like really over the top, but every day I play or every song we write, I feel the the kind of weight of all those people who've seen us over the years and invested any sort of emotion in us and and like I think pride is a big part of what we do. Like I see people say like I'm proud of you guys and I'm like that's such a special thing because in reality you don't really know us, you know, we're like this kind of we're just a group of kids making music, you know, but like there is this sense of pride and, and for me it's like I never wanna let anyone down who believes in us because at the end of the day they've done their part of the job like it's our it's our part of the bargain is to or part of the deal i guess is to work hard and is to play those shows you know so um but yeah really grateful man and just i, I love
0: yeah. the uh, how humble you are but the fact is <laughs> like i don't know if you have any idea of the potential that's behind your band right now you could be that band that could be five years time headlining the, sh- the smallest stage at download you have that much potential Thank right you, now man. you yeah. really do and you seem to be just enjoying every moment of it. I don't ever see a performance from you guys and you look like you're kind of just, oh, we'll get through this set and do what we can. For sure, yeah. There are a lot of bands that will just get through that set, but you're not one of them.
6: Thank you. Uh, And I think think it just comes from... I think it just comes from the fact that we are just, like, music fans first, you know? It's like I've said to you, like, dude, I, I... you know i know we're talking about my band now and that's the point of the interview but like i would rather an hour-long interview about my favorite band yeah. than my band you of know course. because i'm a music listener man i of love course. music like you know and like i think for me it's like it all comes from this constant reminder of like i grew up listening to these bands and looking up to them and the thought that i might be one of those bands for yeah. anyone like I, c- I just couldn't ever let that go to waste you know um so
0: but thank you. I really appreciate the, the kind words. And now and now we're sitting here right now, the sun's out, I can't believe it. We're at two thousand trees. There's a very special kind of feel about here. I was at yeah. Slam Dunk, I've done Reading, I've done download, but this seems quite intimate and like a yeah. family even though it's yeah. not, there's it obviously thousands, but it seems perfect size. Now How does it feel when this has been cancelled for two years? That it's finally here, and you're returning to basically doing what you love.
6: Yeah, dude. You know, I will say as well, uh, uh, like involvement in this festival is quite unique this year because my favorite band are thrice, our drummer's favorite band are idols, and like this is like one of the best festivals. This is probably the best festival in Britain, in my opinion. And honestly, we've been away for the last three months on tour, and we all said to ourselves, look. Let's just go to 2,000 Trees, watch some of our favorite bands, spend time with our girlfriends that we've not been with for ages, and enjoy this festival the way everyone else is enjoying it. Yeah. And then last week we got off to play and I was just like, yeah, of you course, of course, yeah. So, you know, it's it's, um, it's special for us today, you know. Uh, so yeah, we're really excited to play, man. You know, we played, played twice before and I just feel like there's a real sense of energy. And like I said about being a British musician, like imagine if Biffy were a band starting today they would
0: play this festival every yeah. year. You know? And they would. And yeah. you see them go from the smallest stage yeah. all, the all the way, way to up. to the top, yeah. But you just said something then and my ears like literally sparked up. <laughs> Thrice, for me, are mm. my all-time favourite bands. Nice, Dustin, Dude, as I've a got, songwriter, I've is... I've
6: got a Vizu tattoo on my arm. I bet like, you can't fucking, wait till
0: tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> but Tepe's guitar work with oh, Dustin, yeah, vocal work, we, everything about that band, I idolise. And yeah. genuinely, the way that band have evolved mm. from... Artists in the ambulance and the yeah, early stuff dude. to Palms, which is like got that melodic stuff of like Beyond the Pines. Yeah, but their new, new album same. is like got this Radiohead element. Yeah, Radiohead's one of my other favorite bands. And I though, yeah. honestly think there is nobody in the world that can touch thrice. I honestly I don't. They are unbelievable.
6: And like, oh man, it just like you know, I mean, dude, the Alchemy Index is like, in my opinion, like one of the most ambitious but like insane pieces of music in, like, literally 21st century music history. Yeah. Like, if, if you literally read, like, the wiki page about that album, like the fact that every last song on every EP is written as a sonnet in a iambic pentameter about man and his relationship to the element. It's and insane. they use the same motif. Like, it's genius, man. And they did but it themselves. They produced it y- yeah, most of it. Did. They engineered um, it. It's insane. I, d- I don't know if you're a vinyl guy,
0: but. I've got the four, the one with all the same, orange, the same. blue, the yeah, white. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It came out.
6: Uh, yeah, literally bought the yeah. repress, right? And um, I got Beggars as well quite recently. Me too, the and pink one. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. This is yeah. the prize <laughs> cast. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, and you've probably seen this then, if you go in the the liner notes every musician every member of that band has written like a think piece about every song on that album i don't know like go home and check it out
0: for this reason that i don't want to open it and (laughs) touch it yet it's too proud i've waited for this it was going on ebay for like two three hundred quid yeah yeah they did a repress and i was like i I need that now to open this it's too precious yeah okay
6: yeah man i the thing is i'm just such a like for me it's like putting it on and not being able to pause it is like this magical thing for me. So like A
0: Major Miners coming out now on
6: the vagrant twenty fifth
0: anniversary. Yeah, the twenty fifth yeah. yeah, yeah. anniversary.
6: Bro, and I bought the um, to be everywhere independent record one. Blue incredible blue yeah, so I, that's so sick to hear though, because like I think Thrice will always be undervalued. Yeah. Because they just they came from the scene. I think you know it's like because they started as a all band's band. warped tour times yeah. and all this stuff. And I of think stuff. people will always lump them in. As much as I love bands like Alexis, I think pe- or like you know whoever, people will always lump them in as that. But the journey I've gone on with that band is akin to Radiohead or I mean even like the Beatles. You know, like the I way agree, those and albums have evolved.
0: is Tom York and he absolutely yeah. loves John Lennon and I've had him on this podcast three times. No way! Yes, oh, I good I for you. That's so sick and on the last episode we had him on he started to already tell me that this horizons east which is out now yeah. or is there's a follow-up yeah and, there's a West, West, right? and yeah. it's already pretty much done oh. and they've done it themselves and i'm sitting here now like give it me give it me now yeah, because i just want to hear more songs yeah. because scavengers and uh is it color in the sky track one is yeah, just yeah, 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 yeah. unbelievable like i can't believe that and they should be headlining every festival. Every festival, bro. It blows to be my honest mind. though, I think this is why I love this festival
6: so much. Is like it's like my type of person, you know. I think like if thrice were headlining Red and Leeds, I'd struggle with the diluted version of yep. their crowd. Like whereas watching them tomorrow, I just know everybody in the field is just going to be as I can't Insanely, wait the whole album yeah. as well. I know. And I'm like, What other songs uh, are going to play?
0: I know. <laughs> Please play Black Honey, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, dude. Circles. But even then,
6: like the fact that they came back with to be everywhere. I know. And it's like hurricane is like uh, the it's opening track with like, where is my mind
0: is like, you know, a classic That's song you know. stars and it kicks in. I'm Ugh. like, how do you do it? Yeah. So my <laughs> final question dude yeah. is, and I do this on every episode and I've done 200 episodes of this podcast, but I oh. ask the guest that comes on to pick the outro song so it can be any song by any band. So once our interviews all wrapped up and edited, the final piece of music that's played yeah. is chosen by who's on the podcast. Oh. I've had on this band, on this podcast, Anthony Hopkins, Mads Mickelson, wow, Kevin Smith, dude. Bruce Campbell, Thrice, yeah, yeah, yeah. all these people. But now it's your moment. Ah. So as this is all wrapped up, and it okay. might be Thrice because we've just absolutely I, gushed yeah, over them for 10 not minutes, to, yeah, yeah. what song do you want to play at the end of today's interview?
6: So, purely because I literally in the last two days I had this epiphany with this Thrice song, uh, the song Child of Dust which is the last song on the Earth EP. Amazing. I didn't realize this, but they when they recorded it, the song is about essentially buried, like, it's about a burial, I think, yes. right? It's kind of the vibe I was getting. Um, but uh, what they did with the, the microphone, I couldn't believe it, they actually buried the microphone underground while recording that. I did not know And if you know listen this. to it, yeah, and if you listen to it, you can, and obviously in a minute you'll play it, like, listen to that song, slowly devolve, into the actual sound of something being buried underground. It's like, that sort of magic you can't like.
0: I love ah, that they did this. Insane.
6: So uh, so yeah, I, I 100% go with that one, yeah.
0: Thank you for coming on, dude. I think we could Thanks do about us. a two hour special just yeah. on Fries <laughs> and other bands. Yeah, but it's yeah, refreshing yeah. to talk about other stuff and not just your own stuff. But yeah. I'm really excited for everything that's coming up for you guys. I me. really meant it. The momentum, the way it's going for you. You can't fuck this up. It's gonna be incredible, dude. Thanks, man. Thank I you really so much appreciate for coming it. On. Thank you for having me Thank well. you, dude. So there it is. There's my interview with me and Lucas from the absolutely incredible Holding Absence. As I said at the start of the interview, you need to go and check this band out. They are absolutely phenomenal, one of the best British bands right now on the scene, and they're going to be absolutely huge. I predict massive things for this band, and the best thing about it is they're the most humble guys I've ever spoken to. Lucas is fascinating, and I really hope he comes back on the podcast to do a special just dedicated to him. I feel we could talk for absolutely hours, and we clicked straight away. The chemistry was there, and he's just absolutely lovely. So that brings us to the end of this second part of a four-part 2000 Trees special. This episode for me had a bit of something for everyone. Super Love, Orchards, and Holding Absence. Some of the best British bands out there right now. All absolutely lovely people, and I'm so grateful for them all coming on this podcast special. If you've enjoyed today's episode, all the links on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram are on markandme.com. All I ask is you to share it. Maybe retweet the episode, put it on Facebook and share it across your whole friends, share it across your whole group of friends or put it on your Instagram stories. It really goes a long way in promoting Mark and Me and really does get a whole new audience out there to discover this podcast. So it's really appreciated. And if you've really enjoyed today's episode, I am a one-man team, so I rely heavily on my Patreon account. You can go on there and help support this podcast for as little as one pound a month. And for that, you're getting a guaranteed eight episodes every single month. That's two a week. I give some incredible prizes away and so much more. And it really does go a long way. So please, if you've enjoyed today's episode, for as little as a pound, that's it, a month, it can make a huge difference. So thanks so much. As I've said many times on these specials, this is only the second part. The third part will have three brand new interviews for you all from three brand new bands, and that will be coming up very soon. So until then, look after yourself, take care, and I'll speak to you all soon.
6: Dear Prodigal, you are my son and I
3: Supplies you not your spirit but your shame